Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Catherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odours and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. Their food. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that by just adding a few special superfoods to a dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I think it's fantastic that more and more people these days are becoming conscious of the food they eat, but shouldn't we be taking the same care for our pets? The health of our dogs means so much. So no wonder owners are posting their glowing reviews of Badlands dog food and how it has improved the energy and coat of their beloved dogs. But don't take it from me. Go to badlandsfood.com forward slash frightful and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com forward slash frightful. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If I don't, can't, not pushing you too hard, what, what did it look like? <laughs> I can't explain it. It was horrible. Pretty scary story there, Bongo, and thank you for that. You look after Last time on Frightful, I took you into the Australian wilderness, a colossal yet barely populated area which can be both beautiful and petrifying. We've already encountered a series of human horrors. From cruel killers to babies snatched by animals. But tonight we head back out into the lonely darkness for one more trip. Only this time the threat is a little harder to understand or define. Because there are mysteries out there in the bush that cannot be explained. I'm Peter Laws and tonight on Frightful we encounter paranormal terrors. In part two of our two-part series... Scary True Stories of the Australian Outback. There's an area of the Outback known as the Pilliga region. And if you were to visit there one of these nights, you may well run into the Pilliga Princess. She was said to be a homeless Aboriginal lady who would hitchhike along the Newell Highway between Narabri and Coonabarabran. And when I read into this story, I heard that it was unusual to see Aborigines in that area. The Aborigines, of course, being uh, the original inhabitants of Australia. But some of the case notes suggested that they would avoid this area of the Pilliga, because they believed it was a land filled with bad spirits and evil forces. I couldn't confirm that for certain, but later in the episode tonight, we will be exploring some pretty frightening Aboriginal tales. But anyway, back to the Pilliga region. 
This one Aboriginal woman would be sighted, hitching a ride along this road, and it was quite an unusual sight for many people there. And she was seen there for many years, pushing a shopping trolley that she kept her possessions in, with her long grey hair straggling and hanging. And she'd wear a fishing hat and an old army coat. And she would cause late-night truckers quite a fright when they suddenly picked her up in the beams of their headlamps. Watch where you're going, you stupid bitch. Some were startled at night when they settled down to sleep in their trucks, at the side of the highway or at a rest stop, and she would suddenly just open the door and climb into their cab, expecting a lift. What you doing, lad? But nobody really got to know her. Until, in 1993, she became infamous. She was walking along the Newell Highway that night, an area which is surrounded by brush and outback woodland. And as she walked, a truck came barreling down the road, and the driver saw her too late and hit her. She was killed, and she was later buried in Narabri. It was so unusual to see an Aboriginal person on that stretch of road that locals assumed that they would never see one out there again. But they did. A woman, or rather, the woman, the same woman, travellers would report, witnessing the woman who became known as the Pilliga Princess still walking along that highway, pushing her trolley in the darkness. Truckers even report seeing her in the daytime, but especially at night. One witness called Craig Brannerly said that in Christmas of 2017, he, his son and a friend went out camping and shooting about 30 kilometers into the forest that is just northwest of Pilliga. Since they were well-armed, the three men felt very safe. They also had no idea about this legend of the Pilliga princess roaming that area. And so they were only a little unsettled when they stumbled across a dead pig strewn across the track. They couldn't figure out how it had died or why it hadn't been taken away by predators. Still, they set up camp and the son and his friend lay on the ground to sleep. But the dad set up a stretcher inside the back open tray of his truck and he was able to hang a tarp over the four pegs of his ute and made a mini tent. He said that the dead silence of the forest was amazing and disconcerting. He had never camped anywhere before where there had been no animal noises at night. And yet he drifted into a deep sleep. He was woken, later, by something totally unexpected. He heard a woman whispering directly into his ear, close enough to feel her breath on his face. He flicked his eyes open in the back of the truck and saw nothing. But he could hear the sound of somebody walking through their camp. He grabbed his huge pig knife and took a breath before pulling the tarp back. There was nobody there. He reached into the cab of the ute and flicked on the headlights. Nothing. Just the two boys still fast asleep on the floor. He said he just sat there, absolutely covered in goosebumps, for about an hour in the complete 
dark silence. And he kept waiting to see if the mysterious woman might return. She didn't. The next day he woke up and told the boys, figuring it must have been some sort of dream, though he wasn't convinced. There was something horribly real about the whole experience. So real, in fact, that he never forgot what happened. Particularly when that moment came crashing back into his life one day. When he just happened to be online on a truck sales website, he was looking at the various comments of the truckers on various vehicles and he stumbled across a a tangent that some of the truckers were going off on in the comments. They were starting to talk about that very same area he was in. And they were telling stories of how they, on those lonely nights, had seen her, the Pilliga princess, moving through that particular stretch of road and the surrounding area. And he said as he read this, Knowing what he felt that night and the whisper in his ear, he said the feeling of fear and recognition in that very moment overwhelmed his body. Imagine that. Running into a ghost in a haunted castle or even a suburban house is scary enough, but at least you're close to others to call for help. But think of it. You're driving down Newell Highway 100 miles from anywhere and anybody and you see her in the glow of your headlights, pushing her trolley, and perhaps even trying to get into your cab. As well as reports of ghostly figures, there are cases of strange lights in the sky, and the sightings of strange figures nearby, standing out there in the vast landscape, sometimes wearing strange clothes in one or two cases a very tall hat. Witnesses say they've seen these figures walking down steep embankments, but in a weirdly smooth movement. Who or what are they? Particularly prevalent are the sightings of what is known as the Min-Min lights, which is a light phenomenon seen in the outback, where people report seeing fuzzy, disc-shaped lights that hover just over the horizon. Usually they're white, but then they sometimes change color from white to red to green and then back to white again. More natural explanations include bioluminescence from insect swarms or mirages, while others claim the Min-Min lights are extraterrestrial or supernatural. When you read these widespread eyewitness reports of the lights, people respond sometimes with wonder, but often with a sense of dread fear, or even outright terror. Especially when one witness saw the lights hovering over a remote graveyard. In 2021, a man claimed to have encountered a terrifying creature in the Australian outback. Something that was half man, half dog. The witness's name was John, and he was fishing on his kayak on Boxing Day when something odd happened. As he was plunging the oars of his kayak into the water, he would hear some sort of footstep on the shore. And the steps seemed to match every stroke he took, almost as if whatever was out there was watching him. I noticed that every time I took a stroke with the paddle of my kayak, whatever this thing was... It was taking a stride to each paddle I was taking. I stopped for a bit, 
and the sound stopped in the bush too. I thought it was a bit odd. So I took off paddling again, and sure enough, as soon as I started to paddle every stroke, this thing would take a step. So whatever it was, the thing was following me. It wasn't a coincidence or anything like that. It was more of a stalk. He could see a figure striding through the bush, and so he took out his phone and snapped a picture of what he believed was a half-human, half-animal creature, something he called a dogman. After that, he said, I was petrified for probably a month after it, and I was waking up in the middle of the night seeing the creature in my dreams. Sometime later, he plucked up the courage to go back to the area again, and this time he heard a banging sound. And then the sound of something running through the bush. As it was running, it was smashing trees out of the way, he said. And then John claimed that this dogman began to roar. And it took him ten minutes to get back to the safety of his car, where he could still hear it out there roaring and taking a breath between the roars. The breath itself, John said, was the loudest part. This idea of Hidden monsters like Yowie or Sasquatch really fascinates us, and across the world there are thousands of people and organizations who research and hunt these creatures desperate to see one. I know a few monster hunters myself. Yet, they might think twice about searching for cryptids in the Australian outback, especially after hearing this disturbing phone call you're about to hear. It was made on an Australian radio show, and they were reporting on that notorious area I mentioned earlier. The Pilaga. This location, known for its sightings of ghosts and also sometimes UFOs and aliens, but now unexplained creatures. A man called Bongo was listening along and he called in to share his account of what happened to him when he drove through the remote Pilaga region at night. An encounter with the creature so terrifying that it sent him into a full mental breakdown. Now, there are claims that this was just all a prank. Others believe there was something to it. Well, I thought I'd let you hear the call. You can make up your own mind. Good morning, Bongo. Oh, hello there. This is Bongo here. Yeah, I, I'm at the Happy Day Stay Retreat. Uh, Miss Annie's wake me up and says that they're talking about what happened to me back in 78. That's why I'm here. Where are you exactly? Happy days, happy days, stays retreat like a sanitarium. Okay. I was bringing a, a a new vehicle down, brand new vehicle down from Ballada, heading towards Narrabri in 1978. In September it was 78, and heading for Tamworth, and I I missed the turn off out of Narrabri to go to to Gunnedah, and I kept going I didn't know where I was going and I saw these old mileage pegs on the side of the road they'd been like painted over in those days and I thought the engraver in it was a G like for Gunnedah but in actual fact they were a C for turned out to be Coonabarabran right okay and about halfway along the road sort of thing I started to get a bit concerned the fuel was running pretty low 
and in the distance I, I, I saw a, what turned out to be a, in those days a telecom beam heading my way. So I got out and I waved him down. It was pretty late in the afternoon, not just, just before dusk it was. Anyway, pulled up and I he cracked the window down just a frightened little bit. And I said, look, I don't know where I am. Can you tell me where I am, mate? And, and he said, yeah, he said, you're, you're in the middle of the pillar. Do you, do you know where that is? I said, no, never heard of it. He said, "What's your problem?" I said, "I'm nearly out of fuel. I'm, what? Where? What? Can you tell me where I can get some fuel?" He said, "You're about the equal distance from here to Coonabarram and Narrabri. It'd be it wouldn't matter anyway." I said, oh, "I'm nearly out of fuel. I'd never get back." I anyway asked him whether he was he was going to Narrabri and asked him whether he could ring the NRMA or when he got there or something to bring me out some fuel as I was a member. Yeah. And he said, oh, you won't get anyone to come out here after dark. And anyway, he didn't, he didn't explain why, but... Right. Why, why. When I was recording this scary Outback episode today, I needed to access some special sounds from a sound app, which required me to get a free three-day trial, which always feels a bit risky, because I find it so easy to forget to cancel those free trials, which would have been especially annoying since the app turned out to be crap. It was really not worth it at all. So thank Bunyip for Rocket Money, which will track your free trials and products and services so you never forget to cancel again. That is a huge real-world help to the shocking amount of people who have unwanted subs that they play forgot about. Do you know that the average person has about 12 paid subscriptions and they only remember subbing to about half of those? Yes, 80% of us have subs we don't even realise we're paying for. And the average person tends to wildly underestimate how much they spend on those subs. Most think it's about $80. It's more like 200 Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com frightful. That's rocketmoney.com frightful. Rocketmoney.com frightful. So you were, you were stuck there? Staying in this big old four-wheel drive all through the night and about oh, half past three, quarter to four. Um, this thing just first started a rocking and, and and all these funny weird lights and that were getting around outside and I looked out and what looked through the window at me is why well, I'm in this state today. He made, he, he, he pulled the door off its, off the, off the hinges and it, it, this this thing like a, it's it 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 defies the explanation of what a, it looked like it, it was it was horrific and it it, 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 it took me through the bush a fair way so it grabbed and, hold of you and 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 we we ended up at this I, I suppose you'd call it a, a, a humpy sort of a thing and, and and this thing had this thing had a real fetish obviously for Oh, real thin, bow-legged, knock-kneed, white, hairy legs. He had pairs of legs hanging up, and and when he realised that I, I, I was no good to him, he, he 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 took me back. He took me back to the edge of the road, whatever it was. I assume it was a he. If it was a she, there's something wrong in the world. But uh, 
Bongo. I'll never ever saw him again. And 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 a timber truck picked picked me up the the next morning when it went through, and he he took me to Coonabarabran, and it wasn't long after that I they made me stay at happy happy days happy days day retreat, and I. I've been here ever since. Bongo, that is just an amazing story. And Miss Annie, and Miss Annie tells me apparently that there's some idiot out there in the middle of it somewhere last week or something or something. Attempting fate could. Uh, there's got to be something wrong with the person. Can you give us a? If I don't, can't, not pushing you too hard. What, what did it look like? <laughs> I can't explain it. It was horrible. Pretty scary story there, Bongo, and thank you for that. Oh. And you look after yourself, OK? I'm going to pass your concerns on to Trev, who is our roving reporter, uh, Trevor Chappell and Anna Mulder, who we've got out there in the Pilliga Scrub tonight. Bongo, thanks for your call, all right? You look after. What do you think? Is the call real? Or was it some sort of prank by the radio station itself, as has been claimed? There are plenty who would argue the latter, saying that they aren't aware of any mental health facility called Happy Days Retreat. Though others have found the call and the man's tone disturbing, suggesting that even if the man saw something he misinterpreted, or he saw something in his mind, clearly this was a guy on the very edge of mental collapse. Others have argued that maybe there is something to his story. There have certainly been many sightings of the so-called Yowie or the Bigfoot of Australia. Users on Reddit tried to track down the precise stretch of road where these sorts of sightings have been claimed. And some of them found the Google Maps Street View to be strangely affected by glitches and distortions in these areas. Who owns Australia? It's an interesting question. Legally speaking, you'll find that large areas of the country are actually now owned by a small number of billionaires and large companies. But really, the answer is that it's the First Nations people, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, whose ownership of the country stretches back 60,000 years that really have the true claim on that land. That's the longest continuous cultural history of any group on the face of the earth. And so it's no wonder that as we look into the spooky stories of the outback, we will start to stumble across ancient and unsettling folklore from those First Nations people. For the Aborigines, calling this area the outback makes little sense. The term outback implies being far from home, but for millions of Aborigines, this has been and still is their home. And it's a place of rich history and folklore, but there are some frightening tales amongst there. The Aboriginal people, for example, talk of the Australian deserts being home to ogres and sorcerers and deadly spirit beings who can kill their victims with a garrote. In Arnhem Land in the north, there are legends that say the watering holes there are home to something called the York Yorks. These creatures are half women, half fish, but before you start thinking of the Little Mermaid, think again. The York Yorks have a lust for murder. They lurk in the waters, waiting patiently until an unsuspecting human child or adult walks by and then they explode 
explode out of the water, gripping the sides and dragging the victims to their doom. The same area has the Namorodo spirits that make for a frightening sight at night. Imagine it. They are said to fly through the air with long claws and long flowing hair streaming in the wind. Parents tell their children to never go out at night if it's windy. If they do, the Namorodo spirits will swoop down and sink their claws into the child, guzzling their blood and transforming them into beings just like them. There's a lot of similarities to the vampire idea. Only these creatures have skeletal bodies that are held together with the tiniest strip of flesh. They whistle as they swoop through the sky searching for victims. Just like all cultures, the Aborigines would express their fears in their artwork and you'll find some particularly frightening monsters in the Aboriginal dreaming narratives. This describes a time when ancestral spirits were said to walk through the Australian land, creating both life but also the geographic features that we see in the outback today. In the farthest reaches of the Western Australian desert, for example, in the Pilbara region, you'll find artwork depicting shocking and graphic images of cannibal beings. These creatures are similar to the Wendigo legend of Native America, which is a malevolent animal-human spirit with an insatiable desire to possess and cannibalize humans. Like the Wendigo, they have sharp and pointed teeth with fingernails that curl into claws. And believers say that you'll find them lurking around a place called Goompu Bindil, also known as Lake Disappointment, and that you will find them to this day. One Matu legend says that on one night many years ago, a baby was born to these creatures, and so they all asked one another, are we now going to stop eating people? And they all agreed that yes, they would. Until they asked the baby the same question. They said, are we going to stop eating people? And the baby said, no, we will not stop. We will carry on and we will continue to eat humans. So watch out for the cannibals and cannibal babies in that region. If you head east, you'll find the Mamu, a sometimes bald creature with large protruding eyes and sharp fangs, ready to rip the flesh of their victims. They live underground or sometimes even within the hollow parts of trees, and yet they regularly stride out to stalk the world. They even have the ability to change shape and to masquerade as humans. I found evidence that still today, parents will sometimes use the threat of the Mamu to control the behavior of their children. Further north in Walpiri country, you'll find the Yapa Naganu, which translates as human eater. You'll also find the Pankalangu. This is an enormous and hairy beast that doesn't have a neck, and it's described like it's some sort of Neanderthal. And this thing strides about killing and eating babies. That's their preferred food. It will grab a baby in its sharp claws, and the legend says they will lift the baby with its small legs and swing them headfirst over their heads, and they will chomp and swallow through the baby. Sometimes it's said that they will tear the baby's head off and sling it around its belt, building a collection of baby heads with each victim, until, that is, the belt fills up, in which case the Pankalangu make a fire and 
while laughing, they gently toss the baby's head into the fire until they can have a hearty meal of roasted baby's head. These grim and freaky legends are still told to little kids today to keep them in line. Who would want to become a s'more for the Pangar Langi? Then there's the bunyip, a creature that can vary wildly depending on what legends you read. But this aboriginal legend translates as evil spirit, a monster that hides in the swamps, creeks and billabongs of the outback grabbing passers-by. Some of the earliest recorded eyewitnesses' accounts of this creature go back to 1818, when an explorer called Hamilton Hume claimed to have found the bones of a large aquatic creature on the shores of Lake Bathurst. The bones were never properly studied, however. In 1847, the Australian Museum received a deformed skull that appeared to be from some unknown creature. The man who found it had showed it to many Aborigines who claimed that this was a bunyip skull. However, it was later confirmed to be a deformed skull of a calf. And so, there were all sorts of weird and wonderful and quite frightening and gory legends that you'll find in the Australian outback. But we close with just one incredibly subtle example of how weird it can be to be in such a large and open, lonely stretch of the world. Because sometimes the, the creepiest and weirdest stories are the most subtle. Like a man called Ardit, who shared on Reddit that he was walking the Larapinta Trail in 2009. And to give you an idea of just how remote this landscape is, he walked for seven days without seeing a single other person. But then he came to one of the water tanks and saw a sign saying that some high school kids were on a self-development activity, and the sign asked that passers-by did not interact with them. And so he walked on and he started to see all these groups of high school seniors for the next half a kilometer. What disturbed him, however, was that none of them attempted any eye contact with him whatsoever. In fact, he said it was almost as if they had no awareness that he was actually there at all. After being alone for seven days in the wilderness, and the first person you see or people you see somehow do not even acknowledge or see you, well... For him, it made him feel like he was some sort of ghost. And as simple and small as this experience might be, after seven years alone, he said that the experience disturbed him deeply and it played on his mind for years after, as if he had been out in the outback and somehow had lost himself out there, despite even returning physically. Well, I think it's about time that we hopped back in the truck and headed back to the city. But I just would ask you one favor. Keep an eye out of your window as we travel home. And just let me know if you see a woman walking a shopping trolley or a weird creature running along with the truck. Or watch the skies and the mysterious lights or the flying, whistling vampires. And just try and keep your sanity. After all, we've only got another 400 miles to drive through this. I'm Peter Laws, and you've been listening to Scary True Stories of the Australian Outback. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to this 
two-part episode of Frightful. If you'd like to get access to ad-free episodes and more, then do please check out patreon.com forward slash Peter Laws, where you'll get a bunch of extras. And it's a great way of supporting the show, supporting me. So, um, you know, that would be just fantastic. And we can connect and, and we have Zoom socials and all these sorts of things. So if you'd like to do that, visit patreon.com forward slash Peter Laws or go to peterlaws.co.uk to find out more about my books, my other podcasts like Our Curious Past, Creepy Cove Community Church, and um, lots of different things. But until next time, thank you so much for your support and for listening. Take care out there. Try not to get lost. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.